Greetings, dear Earth family. Welcome to Ascension Stories. Today we have Stephanie. She is an amazing, amazing artist with so many creations. Her whole life is just full of adventure and, and really just she breathes, breathes art. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Natasha. How are you? Thank you for the intro. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining for uh, coming on to share a little bit of your story, of your Ascension story, and just in general. Um, I, I, figured, I figured when I when I bumped into you online, I'm like, oh, let's talk to her. Uh, Very individual. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm having a little static also here with my audio. I hope that's okay. Hmm. I think it's very well. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. We're good. So yeah, it's my pleasure to be here and share in whichever way I can, you know, to anyone else who might relate to parts of my story or you know. Yeah. Um, so would love to hear some um some stories, some um info on your ascension process, your ascension journey, anything that's uh Anything that pops up and you could have it as broad or, you know, whatever, whatever works for you. Okay, well, I guess um, what's occurring to me right now to say is that I feel like uh, it really is a process of recovering from some sort of amnesia um, more than uh, of learning. Actually, that's the way I've come to see learning. Um, generally throughout my life you know it's like more remembering <clears throat> uh, and then of course the maybe... definition of of education I, I don't think it's supposed to be like what we have going on now where it's like this is this is the information this is what you have to learn I think it's more of rem uh, having having whatever information you're giving it's more so having people remember mm -hmm. so I think that's the actual definition of of or the true definition or to art. Okay. Um, and, and even, uh, you know, it's, it's making me think like uh, after some, some difficult parts of my journey where I, my health suffered or et cetera, and I found that my brain capacity had slowed down. And when I started to become conscious of that, you know, I started loading up on my omega-3s and this and that, doing my research. And I remember when I took lion's mane the first time, um, and even cordyceps, um, but I, I started to be like, wow, like, you know, the synapses are, you know, they show the synapses reconnect and regrow and like things yeah. that people never thought was possible. And in a way to me, it sort of, it sort of lets you see that there is already a pattern of logic built in. And it's really up to us to fall into line with logic as opposed to, you know, creating infinite logics, <laughs> you know, that are not logical in the end, you know, that are dead ends really in like in, in a mental maze. It's like, I, okay, that's, that's fun. But, but I, you know, it gets really tiring when things don't work, you know? So in the end, I think we're worn down by things not working and you just want to fall in line with something that's going to give you continuity you know, and, and growth, right? So you want to find the, the right foundation that, that gives you a house for life. <laughs> but I remember as a child having, um, I, I remember being 
some of my first childhood memories of like being very connected with the sun. The sun was like a very important thing for me. And, um, and I remember traveling with my parents in the car and we'd go on long trips uh, to Quebec to see my, my family. And I remember sitting in the back and going through this thing of like letting my mind go up levels like there were nine levels of cloud levels. That's what, how I would call them and see them in my mind. Um, so little things like that, that I, I didn't have any particular meaning behind, but I remember those things. Also like, you know, playing a magic potion. Like I didn't even know how to read, but I would, you know, put pen soap and lilac leaves and whatever, rub them on my arms. Like, okay, we're gonna fly now guys. <laughs> things like this that, you know, and, and you know, I'm. I was born in the 70s like it wasn't like I had uh, a bunch of YouTube videos to go look at and, and cartoons galore like at that point we had you know dial TV and like some Saturday morning cartoons every once in a while but other than your your books um, you couldn't really make that stuff up so easily as uh, or uh, you know what I mean you couldn't get references for those kinds of things so readily um, but anyway all of that sort of you know, you get embroiled in, in life and being a child and uh, seeing where you fit in. And really my, in my childhood, I just, you know, wanted uh, love and acceptance. I think that's pretty much the MO of every child, you know, um, though I shouldn't say that generally, but <laughs> there are all different kinds of creatures. Um, but then, uh, adolescence when adolescence hits and you know you have these like it's a transformation you know I think like 12 years old was the year I got my period and was the year also that something changed in my perception uh, really there was like a very clear change of who I was I think um, and from there it's like the shadow starts to permeate through and you have a, a different vision a different connection I felt connected to nature in a different way I can I felt um uh drawn to darker things you know uh, more hidden things and, uh, and all that started to to open up and by the time I got to high school you know I had completely dropped uh, dancing that I'd done my whole life and I went into um, drawing and more kind of uh, more in my inner world, you know, and questioning and and feeling dissatisfaction and um, and being critical, you know, critical of what was around me uh, in a way that can be unhealthy but is very healthy and necessary because we must ask questions to get answers and if if we don't even know there's a question to be asked then we're really kind of following blindly, you know, so. Um, and that's when I really started to be like, wow, I'm in this school, uh, you know, just things just weren't adding up the same way. Um, it, it's just, I wasn't just following blindly anymore. And I started to make moves at that point. Like, you know, I understood, you know, first day of grade 10, I was like, I must get out of this system, but I didn't want to just drop out. So I just found out, the quickest way to get through it using night schools and like how many the minimum amount of credits I needed and you know just trying to do it in a way that 
it wasn't like, uh, you know, I wasn't rebelling. I was really just trying to, you know, find the quickest way out. So, and then of course I, I, I did. I just, I went to another semester at school and had more arguments with teachers about things that made no sense. And I ended up dropping out at that point, you know, but I still got whatever credits I needed. But I just, I was not attracted to the whole school system um, because it just did not make sense to me that I was being uh, judged and graded uh, by people who didn't seem to really, <laughs> I don't know, you know, anyway. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> we all have our unique versions of that tale. But you know, it's like, I was like, I think that what I learned was exactly what I was meant to learn, you know, by through those observations and, and et cetera. So, but it wasn't then, uh, you know, then I, I got into a more serious relationship and also moved away, came back, ended up going to Montreal, was getting into music and was producing music and all that stuff was going on. So I was in my creative world. I had like found a, a good bar job in Montreal. I was making good money, rent was cheap. I could focus on, on my creativity, et cetera. But towards the, you know, then I had some, some upsets in that, you know, being betrayed and, uh, in with music stuff, industry stuff, and just disappointments, you know, disillusionments. And in that same period, again, like toward, going towards my Saturn return, I really then, you know, wow, it was like a storm, a major storm hit. Um, and yeah, I'd been going through my rabbit holes and people came into my life that opened my eyes to certain things. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it's just like investigating online while I was like waiting for mixes or like while I was working on my music, I would then like go over to the internet and start going down rabbit holes and, and like, oh, what is this? What is this? And, but nothing that would change uh, like the course of my, my reality, but that was expanding my mind in terms of possibilities, you know, things being open to different possibilities than narratives. Um, but then, you know, I, I ended up, um, you know, going like veget vegetarian, vegan, uh, like overnight, doing my first like herbal cleanse, you know, overnight, uh, seeing this psychic fellow overnight. And it's just like the synchronicities, the connections that I was starting to have with my inner voices and or external, who knows, but like invisible voices, you know, and, and different things that were happening was just like, whoa, it was just like all at once. And also my intuition that I was kind of had enough with the kind of world that I was living in. That was a society of being very isolated in the winters. You know, I was living in Montreal, just working on my music, um, people being a little bit cold in their demeanor, then just being in a bar and people doing coke and getting drunk, you know, like, it's just like, at the end, it's like, well, the, there's definitely has to be more to it than this. Um, I started having a very strong intuition that I had to move to Spain. I had no idea why but circumstances developed um, and I ended up in Spain and um, I walked the Camino de Santiago. Uh, it's a pilgrimage across Northern Spain. Actually, it goes from anywhere that people want to start it, but it's most known for beginning in uh, the Pyrenees in France and you walk all the way to the Atlantic um, through Galicia in the end. And 
that month of walking ended up being determinant in me moving to Spain and actually, uh, and, and more than that, you know, it shows you providence, uh, you know, how, how providence functions, that you have nothing, but everything you need comes to you, you know, in, in a microcosmic way that we can then apply in our lives and see very clearly, um, et cetera. So after that was, had happened, and also my mother had uh, recovered from a, she was in remission from cancer, like, you know, it was another huge upheaval in those years. We thought she was going to die. She ended up, they misdiagnosed her and we had that miracle of thinking we were going to lose her and having her still be with us. So it was just like a lot of emotion, a lot of, of madness and a lot of synchronicity, synergy and, and you know, what, what will qualify as magic until we can define it, you know? So then I ended up moving to Spain um, and uh, it was a very different type of life. Um, and I would say I wasn't in such an intense, um, like psychic uh, opening at that point, because now I was focused on other uh, more ground matters, like learning a new language and, uh, and hustling my way through a new chapter, you know, and, and where visual arts had come back after these music years. Um, and I was painting and drawing a lot and still singing and still doing all the things that I do, but it was, uh, it was definitely a chapter where the visual arts came back strongly. And I would say that, that the psychic understandings and these, the uh, evolution on that front started to come out in my art very strongly which I had begun in Montreal before, but it was, it was more about the art uh, being the manifestation of the ascension process. So yeah, then I moved to New York and that was a couple of years of, of intense painting. I had a vision that led me there. Uh, um, never had had anything like that happen quite so clearly. Um, but ended up living uh, in an amazing circumstance uh, in Soho for a couple of years, a lot of painting, and then really, really like the opening became that much more powerful. And my roommate at the time introduced me to um, this seed called Syrian rue that you use with, uh, with mushrooms, with uh, uh, our magic mushrooms to create a uh, shroom waska or there's another word for it um silly waska or something like this anyway um and this was the beginning of a, of a, a huge huge uh, breakthrough point for me um and it, it really came to me and opened gateways and next thing you knew i wound up at burning man this was 2008 and um, and I just pretty much every day, pretty much took it every night and walked through the desert and had my conversations with the universe and, and whichever guides have been with me. And, uh, and, you know, it was that thing of being on the tightrope of having nothing and really, really having to embrace the concepts of providence, not only at Burning Man, but in those years surrounding it 
very, very much so just following the inner compass that is, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, I say it's counterintuitive, it's not counterintuitive, it's actually completely intuitive, but it's counter logical, you know, it's counter the logic of our world. So a lot of people have problems with that. You know, a lot of people are going to feel disrupted by, um, by you following your, your heart and your, what you know you have to do for yourself. And, and I was very fortunate when I did those things when I was a teenager to have parents that, um, that allowed for me to do that. I didn't have to rebel in that sense. So very, very fortunate on that front. You know, they had already lived their own lives and and knew that it wasn't going to be fruitful to try and like uh, dominate you know they were very supportive um but yeah i think that was that that was a difficult thing on that front was um not knowing if uh, my friends i actually even when i was in montreal at one point i stopped drinking you know towards the end of those years and um and I remember thinking like, will my friends still be my friends if I don't like go party with them the way I used to, you know? And, and, uh, and just the fact that I would have that thought was kind of something, but in the end, of course they didn't, you know, they were my friends and they loved me. Uh, however, I was manifesting, just, but actually- Just curious, well, sorry. why did you stop drinking? Um, in those years, oh, well, actually, <laughs> I drank quite heavily, you know, our friends, I don't know if it's the Irish side or what, but we would like drink to blackout, you know, and that was just like another night. Like no one was calling anyone out on it. It's just like, yeah, you drink, you know. And one night I came, well, I woke up in the morning in my apartment. Um, like, you know, I managed to undress myself a little. <laughs> the door was wide open, keys in the door, and I just I caught my reflection in um in a painting. It was like in a the, the glass of a painting that I had in my living room, and I heard a voice say, "We expect more from you," very sternly. And I turned bright red, and I was so embarrassed, and I stopped drinking right after that. Yeah, it was really sudden. It was, uh, but it had to happen. Yeah, it was really like, what am I doing? You know, I, you know, just going through the motions. Yeah, so. Um, and that was in that same process that I was talking about at the beginning, my close to my Saturn return. So all of this came together. It was like a real like moment of, it was just like change, you know? But I, I'd say it was harder when I really started being true to my spirituality and what that meant with my instability in the material world, that people had a very hard time with that. That you don't drink doesn't really, you know, but but being broke or being like, you know, uh, on the wings of um, of uh, uh, let's see, just of providence uh, that can be very frightening for people you know, because then they think, oh well, will you be dependent on me? You know, if I if I let you in, will you ever leave? Like, you know, it's not like that, but. I think that it, it shows very much the kind of world that we're in also. You know, it's like, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know what the definition of providence is. Mm -hmm, okay. So, um, so, you know, when you, when you have a need that is fulfilled uh, in a way that is 
uh, like divine, unexplainable, you know, like uh, it's like you're thirsty and someone just walks up to you with water, you know, it's, uh, but in every sense of the word, you know, and, and we all live it, but can we identify it? Sometimes it has to become so clear for us to really see what's happening. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know, am I rent's due tomorrow? And then you get a, a call, you know, and someone offers you like a job with an advance, you know what I mean? Something like that, you know, uh, it can, it can happen in, in a lot of different ways. It can be emotional support. It can be, it can be of any, of any type, but it's really something that comes and, your needs you know, being hooks met. you up. What's that? Your needs being met. That's it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so I guess um, the thing is, I, I feel for myself, and, and I think that this is part of the process, is that if you don't know what it is to have nothing, you can't experience the miracle. You know, if you're not in a situation of where you, you see no other solution in the world that you know, and then you discover another, a, a solution that is granted to you in that way, you start to see life differently. You start to understand it differently. And also I think that it's important for people to, um, to know that, it's, that money is just an expression of providence. It is not providence in itself. Like, you know, uh, the relationship with the material world um, in order to have, to be in a, a spiritual understanding there has to be the counter understanding you know so as amazing as as it is to have the experience of building in the material world what about building in the spiritual world without the material you know i mean the material is still there of course but not in a way of like not in that traditional sense you know it's it's there in that providential way where um where then a lot of people will talk about manifestation and things like this. So I have my own, you know, viewpoint on that um, because I believe that there is the, there is a, an energy, like I was saying before about there being like a pre-established logic that it's up to us to to fall into as opposed to recreating the wheel in a million different ways that may not work as well as the actual wheel <laughs> you know well, how about i try a wheel with an extra like triangle on this side that uh, you know at the end of the day life already knows we are built on a system you know and 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 i think in terms of co-creation it's more of becoming a limb of the creation you know becoming a vessel for the creation as opposed to becoming a another creator like uh because unless unless you have your completely distinct system that has nothing to do with the one we're already in which i don't know how you would be in it so <laughs> i don't know but ready to have my mind blown at any time open you know like don't know all of the ins and outs uh by any means but um so when it comes to manifestation i feel that um i prefer taking the stance of allowing uh, for the universe to do what's best as opposed to thinking that I know better than the universe and trying to impose something on it you know it's like oh I want to have this car that looks just like this and like that and I know people you know they do this kind of stuff uh, and it's amazing and I think it's a cool exercise and if it's in your path to do so then it's definitely part of your learning journey regardless you know 
Um, but the way I see it, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, now I'm going to manifest this car, but like, what if it turns out to be like, I have no parking? Like, what if it turns out that like, all of a sudden, like, I'm stuck with this burden that I think that I'm doing myself a favor. So in the end, I'm just like, I just feel like the most efficient way to manifest is to take your foot off the gas, you know, and just allow for life to bring you solutions, you know, and, and, and that way, you know, my manifestation will be to let life do something for me that I would never have been able to imagine, you know, because I don't want to have a life that I could write. I want to have a life that I could never write. I want to have a life that I could never imagine, you know, and I, and I would like for those things to keep going so that, um, you know, if, if one day I'm conscious on my deathbed, I can say, that was a great story. You know, that was a great movie. You know, not not unhappy that I stayed to the end. <laughs> so yeah, those were the those were the that was the those were the earlier years, and then I went to Brazil after New York. So after that chapter of not having. Um, you know, of this this thing of being kind of in a in a discordance with my my environment to a certain extent in terms of the material stuff of me being like, yeah, I'm on the wings of providence. What can I do? Like I try and do things the way other people do them, but they never work. You know, I have no choice but to just surrender here and surrender to criticism and surrender to everything that surrounds that process, you know. Sounds like your problem. And um and I was in New York and I was staying with a friend of mine in Brooklyn and uh, it was starting to get cold. I could see the same thing as that happened in other chapters before, like businesses closed that I used to frequent or like the set was being torn down, you know what I mean? A little bit. And I was like, I just said, oh God, you're not going to make me spend another winter in the cold, are you? And literally the next day, my ex called and he's like, you know, he had bought a boat in Brazil, this crazy pirate ship that he had sort of left there with someone on my advice because I'd been there. Actually, when I bought my ticket to Burning Man, I was in Brazil, you know, in this crazy situation, didn't know how anything was going to happen. But I was like, I'm buying this ticket, you know, I'm taking this like 150 bucks or I think it's like maybe $95 at the time, you know, a ticket to Burning Man. Um, and uh and i was like well just i'll get there the way i get there you know and uh the way i got there is a whole a whole podcast in itself so we'll <laughs> just say i got there in a very magical fashion but um anyway so he had bought this boat then he left and so i was the one who was going to go back to brazil and sell this pirate ship for him in a town that was you know, the first capital of Brazil called Parachi that was actually um, was a, a town of pirates. Like they had to move the capital because there were too many pirates and they're still there. <laughs> okay, fire beware. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was a very interesting chapter. At that point, you know, post Burning Man, post my enlightenments with the Shumwaska, post this incredibly, like this chapter was getting like, very synergistic like wow i was seeing like cracks in the matrix it was like it was it was heavy at that moment and um and brazil and where i was brazil is so charged energetically it is like some different place you know 
and um it was like almost too much for me like I could you know I was starting to see things I was starting to you know uh, I was channeling a lot of information about uh, the shadow um, um just a lot of conceptual stuff and and actually at the time what I wound up doing is every time I would get downloads I would look them up on the internet to see if I could find some information about what I was receiving not the other way around because I didn't want to color my what I was learning you know and it would always come up with Carl Jung I always he was the one who would come up so I was like okay interesting I'm on I'm on a track with this man here um and then when it was just getting really really intense I was living you know it's kind of like rainforest and on the ocean a lot of islands and very beautiful place very you know haunted place a lot of history there and uh, a friend came up to me and he said you know hey Stephanie I'm going tonight to a candomblé meeting candomblé is like uh, the Brazilian like santeria or like voodoo or whatever like the equivalent of like uh, but candomblé they only deal with the the high spirits uh, they don't deal with the the lower spirits at all uh, but the, where I ended up going. So I went out with him to the jungle to this, you know, session. And it turns out that the, the Padre Santo, the like, um, so it's like the, the father of the house, you know, he, um, he had been involved in another school before that did deal with the lower spirits. And his Padre Santo, his- uh, Now, lower spirits saint, mean, mean darker spirits and higher spirits mean, mean the light. Just to double check. Um, yes, and it's just like the the higher spirits are are almost like conceptual spirits that stay in the higher realms that they they govern over the ocean, they govern over the the lakes and the rivers, they like over nature and and they're associated with certain things. Whereas the lower spirits have the power of interference, basically. Like they're they're more earthbound and they like they issue like they will come and and so in those schools so it's called the umbanda was called was the name of this other school they can do interference work so basically if somebody comes and says yeah I want you to like mess my neighbor up <laughs> they will do that you know but in Kandomri they don't do that at all like they don't operate uh, with interference yeah. so. But because he had been part of this school before but was operating in the light he allowed him to keep channeling the same entities that would come through him so so in the higher schools they only channel the high entities they have like special clothes that they wear and cover their eyes and they will dance and they will incorporate the higher entities to bring these higher energies down in the other school you can have conversations with like these lower entities so they have different ones like gaboclo like the 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 it's kind of like a uh, man of the country sort of with smokes uh, then you have the gypsies that's where I started to learn about all of this uh, so many people carry these gypsy spirits uh, and he did it also he would incorporate a gypsy um, uh, there's different ones like up the seven crossroads uh, anyway it, it's a huge tradition you know and it's it's extremely known and and practiced in brazil um and so i he incorporated his gypsy in this session and i was just like i just started to to tremble you know and i went into kind of like a little bit of an 
ecstatic trance or something like that. Anyway, I had a reaction, let's say. And I ended up going back and he read my shells and, um, and it turned out I shared the same saint as he did uh, and that his by the Santo did also, which is the Oshala Obatara, which is like the Christ saint. It's a blue and white uh, beads, if you ever see that on. Uh, and I kind of got, because of the numbers, my numerology and my shells, I sort of got like a, like a little bit of a, a, a green card into, like I didn't have to go through certain uh, initiation processes that other people have to go through to be in certain ceremonies or et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it was just a very important part of my, uh, of those times. Also because like there would be ceremonies and what would happen for me is that it would turn into information. I would, I would register ceremony as like data and I would start to have like downloads of concepts and uh, et cetera. Um, so at a certain point though, I broke away uh, because I could, I felt that it had an energetic hold on me that I, you know, I was like, okay, well, I need to emancipate myself energetically. Um, but it was very, it was very uh, necessary for me to have the grounding that I got there, I think, and met some beautiful people and had really special experiences like meeting all of the uh, this school is so the candomblé it's um the house that they were attached to came from uh, Bahia in the north and it was the first house that came from the original Nigerian uh line so uh, it's a from a Nigerian uh, religion and I ended up going to Rio meeting all, all of the all the higher-ups uh, these beautiful women um everyone in white it was very magical very very beautiful and I had a really nice interaction with one of them and my my Brazilian at this point was my Portuguese was was what it was you know I, I ended up picking it up quite well with the Spanish I spoke but but at that time like the gist of what she was saying really was like there's one thing to remember always and she said humility humility, humility. And that will stick with me always, you know, this is not a thing of uh, hierarchies. It's not a hierarchical thing, you know, it's, uh, you know, just play your part. You know what I mean? <laughs> so to, to ground the ego in that, you know, so. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I was on mute, turns out. Um, yeah, yeah. I, was saying, I was saying absolutely. Humility, humility, humility. Get over yourselves. <laughs> like you said, we're all here just playing our part. We're just uh, pieces yeah. of, the, of the whole. Get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if you don't, you're just going to attract flies to yourself like a flame in the night. <laughs> you know. To the ground eventually. So. What's that? What's that? And you'll crash the ground eventually. Right, right. Yes. And that's part of it too, right? That's part of the process, you know. So she was giving me a heads up though. <laughs> no wrong, there's no right. You'll learn your lessons. Yes, exactly. So um 
Yeah, and then I, I met a Cuban guy when I was down there that I ended up uh, living with in Rio. Uh, we were dating and he was, he had grown up in Santeria. So I got even more like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess um, informed through experience. Cause it's not like you're sitting at a desk and taking notes, you know, you're just like living stuff, you know? And, and I would say that almost that kind of, that kind of like, um, symbolic tradition uh, of uh, ceremony and stuff, it, it related more to that stuff I was talking to when I was a child, like that feeling, you know? So it's like, it's not this intellectualized, compartmentalized, dissected and put into blocks that then are moved around in like erroneous ways. It's, uh, it's, it's something more, you know, outside of language, you know? Um, but very much linked with nature and a metaphor, you know. Yeah. Um, so then with him, so I wound up moving to Rio. He was living in a uh, in a in a mm, a ruin of a mansion on top of the hills of Santa Teresa in Rio that a friend of his had acquired to turn into the first six-star hotel in Rio, <laughs> which apparently it is now. But at the time it was a ruin and uh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful ruin overlooking all of Rio and the Corcovado and you could see all the beaches and it was incredibly magical. Like, you know, the kind of stuff that can't happen to you if you if you have like, you know, barriers, uh, like in a way, I don't know, just like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> anyway, it's just some some crazy stuff. Uh, and we threw parties there. He was a musician, so that brought me back to my singing. And I had wanted to move to Rio anyway because I wanted to be in a bigger city for my art, you know, to keep doing what I do. Even though at this point, the boat, I had traded it for a condo. And like, at least I got it out of the water because the pirates were trying to dry me out and, and steal my boat. So I got my whole like MBA in pirate pirate law um and i was in this like masonic like historic city it was just like wild like this place was again like a like new york you know a never-ending box that just like oh it can be anything you know you think you're done discovering and no there's another crazy door another you know trap door so um but, but beautiful, beautiful memories, beautiful times. Of course, at the end, before moving to Rio, I was completely broke. I was like, you know, thank God for bananas on the trees. <laughs> like, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, so I went to Rio and then, and then eventually we had to leave there and we went to see John of God, uh, who has recently been incarcerated for, you know, um, for uh, being a bit of a sexual predator, you know. But uh, do you know John of God, Natasha? No. Uh, he's a he's very, very famous spiritist in Brazil. Um, actually, Oprah had profiled him. And like, it's, oh. it's, I had been there when I was in Brazil in 2000 and, uh, eight also um, and so I was like well let's go back there for some healing because like the energies were really crazy and there was there was a lot of stuff going on um, around us so but that wound up being uh, I mean it, it was always good for me when I was there 
um, but it wasn't so good for him. Uh, and anyway, but regardless, one day, so I went, you know, you line up with your queries and I went to the, um, to the entities and I, I said, you know, my, I have a, a condo that is wrapped up in like a crazy story that I'm trying to like, you know, get off my hands. And, um, oh no, no, uh, oh yes, yes, it was a condo by then. And then I said also, you know, my music, like my music has always been my at my core. And I was like, how is this, gonna, how am I gonna do this? Like, how is this happening for me, you know? The next day I had three offers on my boat, on the condo, sorry, that I traded for the boat. One of them came through my own lawyer. So I, I went with that and uh, we got offered to go sing in Morocco at a Brazilian restaurant in Casablanca. <laughs> so, so that's what ended up happening. There no, no additions, no thing, just like, oh, a friend told me and there we were. So we were like, okay, well, we have no other options and that's how my life has worked, right? No other options. So you just like go with what shows up and it ends up being what it is, you know? Uh, so next thing you know, I had finally unloaded this condo, though, like it wasn't without its difficulties in getting the money, but, and then uh, we were in Casablanca. Um, yeah, and so uh, that was another crazy chapter. I had uh, some health problems over there. I got pregnant, uh, lost the baby, had a kidney infection. And uh, even though once I was at the end of that and had you know gotten all my treatments and whatnot I was like okay well I'm back let's do this but I had already decided that I was going to go to Canada and stay with my parents for a while to heal so I went uh went back home and um and then you know I had a huge trauma um when he ended up my the guy that I was with ended up getting his ex pregnant and you know something that was obviously not meant to be was forced not to be and i was uh, i was devastated you know um and it was clearly a blessing in disguise or not even in a very big disguise but it was clearly a blessing that our ways part but it was still absolutely devastating and it really sent me into like a sensitivity that I had never known. And that was a huge part of my ascension process that occurred then. Because it's like, it's, it became so clear to me how trauma is an opening, you know, uh, not a closing. You know, it's like, it's an opportunity to go into your depths and into whatever happened the last time you were in such a trauma. like. And the bigger the trauma, the deeper you go, you know? So it was an opportunity to be seized, to dive into the underworld and to get as much information and, and have as much uh, sort of uh, equalizing occur. Like, I don't wanna say healing, but it is in a way, you know? Um, and then I, I was using uh, Bach floral remedies that maybe like a few years back, I wouldn't even have felt them, but they were so powerful while I was in that state, while I was so, so sensitive that it became very obvious that 
what was going on, you know, to, to be able to navigate in your perception through these kinds of psychological experiences has been just invaluable, you know, and really, really allowed for me to understand life in a different way. So, um, and that's also where I started to really go more in depth with the tarot and understanding because I had so many questions that had no answers. And, uh, it, and that was the only way I could find them was either intuitively or by using the cards, you know, and I started to deepen my understanding of and my knowledge of the individual tarot cards during that process. So, and then uh, it took me about, you know, six months. Oh, I did a Vipassana 10 day silent retreat also during that By time. By the way, I think you were the, f the first person to ever do or introduce me even to tarot. I don't oh, think- Oh, really? Oh, yes, I read your cards at the bar. I remember, I remember. I was so excited. I think you you had told me you would, and then I just couldn't wait. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yes, just with my app. I just did it on the phone. I remember that. Yes. I still have that app. <laughs> I got an app myself now. I, I got yes, yes. I got an order. Yeah. Yeah. For those for those moments where I'm like, should I buy the red shoes or the blue shoes? <laughs> when it comes to um questions that i'm like i have no idea how to choose and it could be really technically about anything and it could be really important life decisions i feel like the divine will will produce it through whatever so i'll do something like flipping a coin why does it yes, yes. But divining is divining speaking of divine absolutely is divine. so it's like yes. so like for example choosing an acupuncturist like uh month, months ago um there were two choices i'm like i don't know either of them how do I choose? And I'm like, well, instead of just kind of blah, you know, let me just, and I'm pretty sure it was the correct uh, move. But this is right, right. That's something else that I, uh, from my childhood that I remembered, I would do that with uh, like throwing uh, paper, balls of paper into like a wastebasket. You know, if I get it in, it's a yes. If I don't, exactly. it's a no. Exactly. So and it, it doesn't need to be like a, a coin. It could be what you just said out at the bar, at that particular bar. I used to uh, flip uh, coasters because you know like I okay anything anything that's like one outcome or another literally so like I'll literally like like uh wherever I'm at and I don't have a coin or you know any like just anything like at some point it was like a leaf you know just like random stuff like I don't know like right. it'll, it'll yeah. be, be totally exactly and and if you find it that you're not like that you don't like the answer well that's your answer too <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, we will go where we will go, you know, and do what we will do, you know. But like, I think, um, I think it's just it's just important to remember that we're constantly in flux. You know, we're never the same person from one day to the next. We're not the same person, and there are moments where we have experiences that are highly, highly, highly spiritual in, in terms of our sensitivity and our disconnection from from the material world. And other moments where we'll have the exact opposite experiences, you know, and it's just that, you know, our environment is a huge part of what we are, because, you know, that's the entire circumstance, what we choose or, you know, choose or what we end up doing in those circumstances, that is the remnant of, of, of what we add to the equation, you know. So it's not really a question of, of judging who we are, but like 
under what circumstances are we what we are and and what are what are uh and and that's something that has been brought up you know very much in the last two years what are my values like what is it that's at the core of my decision making no matter the circumstance no matter no matter the level of sensitivity that i'm exploring but like what is it that's really really important what is what is my core regardless what is the unshakable thing and if there is nothing unshakable well you know that's the first thing that will be constructed you know and, and from there everything grows you know so um oh yeah right so the, those those sensitive years yeah. yeah um so after that i i came to new york because when i left uh, i had gone to see him in brazil and i was like um, I feel that I have to go to New York. It's just like, I really, really just feel that I have to go back there because for my art, my music, it's the most relevant. It's the biggest city close to, you know, I'm, uh, I was born in Ottawa. My family's in Ottawa, Canada. So it's like a nine hour drive close to my family. It's the biggest metropolis and it's um, uh, culturally relevant for a person who's writing music in English and who's, you know, whatever. I just wanted to be, you know, okay, I'm in Morocco, okay, I'm in Brazil, but, you know, culturally, I'm not so relevant in those areas. You know, I just wanted to feel a little bit more in my element, you know. Um, and so uh, I was like dying in my bed, but I had started writing songs and I was on the piano and I was recovering at my parents' house, you know, and, uh, and um, and a voice, you know, a friend of mine was like, oh, I'm, rec I'm releasing a record. Uh, why don't you come down? And like my voice said, jump now and go to New York or die in this bed. <laughs> just start like a descent. And I was like, that's it, I'm out. And then I was back on my feet, uh, came to New York, stayed for like six months, you know, the time I was permitted on my, you know, as a tourist. And I ended up, um, you know, was walking to buy some cat litter for my friend's cat who I was uh, cat sitting and I wound up walking into this little corner a jazz bar and all the it's just like another it's total twilight zone you know actually I ended up calling the place the twilight zone after that but it was a very magical spot and I just sat there listening to them and I was about to leave and I, I just like thanked them and they were like oh what come back and sing with us if you're a singer da, da, da. And, and so I, I stayed and I sang with them By and the I left time, and you mentioned that she that's what she does she sings jazz yeah, well <laughs> not jazz anymore I have to say I haven't been singing jazz in the last couple of years because I've gone really completely back into my own music and my own production yeah. um but but that was the beginning of those years so when I went back they were like oh you left and we didn't have a chance we want to we want to make a band for you and have you do like bi-monthly shows here. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, great, sounds awesome, you know? So um, that's what they did, uh, you know? These amazing uh, people just put a band together for me. It was like, uh, talk about Providence, like that I can't come up with a better example. I know, wow. You know? And so the bass player, he's the one who ended up bringing me to the West Village and uh, I started to, you know, hang out on that scene. And that ended up being another like big, big chapter for me, um, but not before I had gone back to Canada and ended up 
staying there for a few years and having a vintage clothing store, art studio, and then I, then I came back to New York and uh, and was on the music scene in that capacity. And then you know I I drew certain conclusions. Um, you know we were talking about it before about. Uh, just um, being around a lot of people who had gone through the school system and who had kind of very precise notions of what music is, you know, because you're in a stylistic environment. I mean, the jazz world, it's jazz. I mean, certain people's definition of jazz um, in, a, in a very specific way. And I was just like, I need to be freer and, and you know, life, when life pushes you away, take it as an invitation to your future and not a diss, you know? Like I was like, basically, you know, my intuition and the, the things that were occurring resulted in me finding a better home for what I was doing. Um, I ended up at Club Coming in the East Village being way more performative I could climb up on pianos I could sing upside down I could you know go crazy and and have a lot of fun if I had to like you know tear off my shirt I could do it whatever occurred to me you know wasn't I didn't feel judged I didn't feel that I was being uh, you know was I was I doing the appropriate thing for the you know whatever whatever it was just uh, it was more performative more fun and and more in line with what you know, was art for me, you know, but even then I ended up, that was also a phase and then, and then the lockdowns happened and all that. Uh, and I just, the lockdowns focused me back completely on my own art. And, and that has been a huge blessing for me, you know, so in terms of music, but yes, all those years, very, very uh, about intuition. And then I developed my own Oracle um, because yeah. I wanted different kinds of answers than the tarot. Uh, I didn't want to see dead people. I didn't want swords, like, you know, even though it's like, okay, I get this symbolic, but like still, <laughs> I don't want to see dead people in my tarot readings about what color shoes I should buy. <laughs> but whatever, you know, yeah. great traditions. You know. um, so, so I would like to ask you a couple of questions if that's okay. Yes, please, please. So um, let me see. Like, let's talk about art and what it is and what to what end. Um, right, so I guess as we've been going through this, uh, you know, I brought it up a few times, you know, um, you know, what is art? I think art is a way of doing things um, rather than an actual thing we do. Uh, everything can be done artfully. You know, uh, anyone doing anything can do it with art. For me, uh, art is alignment. Um, I agree. Art is aligning yourself with like something with a with something that feels like a more of a source. Uh, something that is operating through you to maximize harmony um and and even if that happens in a way that is that evokes uh you know you have a lot of counter harmonious art right so you'll also have things that are that make you think by being 
disharmonious. But if that is there to then bring you into greater harmony, it's just like, I think it still applies, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's not because you're painting that you're an artist, you know. Uh, you can be assembling something and you'll see three people assembling the same things and one person will do it uh, with more alignment than another, potentially. You know, anything that you're doing, uh, absolutely anything, your thought process, your, the way, uh, you know, you make your tea in the morning, the way you, you walk, the way you dress, the way you speak, the way you consider yourself, the way everything can be done more and more artfully with more and more alignment and i think that that this is the thing right to make art your life to make your way of living artful through attention i guess it's like a growing consciousness that you can have a better quality of life in things that seem like small details but that uh, cumulatively create your entire existence you know so uh if, if we can do just one thing every day or, or whatever, when it occurs to us to have a more harmonious life uh, or surrounding, you know, um, yeah, you think it doesn't matter every time you open the cupboard and it's falling on your head. But what if it didn't? What if every time you open the cupboard, it was like felt good to look at, you know? This is gonna have a huge impact on your subconscious mind and, or whatever. And it will also reflect your subconscious mind back to you if it's falling on your face, you know. But so yes, and then and then of course we have the arts, right? So this is the arts, and when we're talking about music, when we're talking about like visual, uh, you know, creation, uh, things that are not necessarily have a a, a purpose, like a, you know, like. You know, this cup is for me to drink out of, but this cup can also be a work of art, but things can also have no practical purpose and just be there uh, for harmony. But it still does have a practical purpose. But um, I think those arts uh, are coming from us being instruments. You know, we are the instrument. We are the arm of the creation. We are there to, uh, whether it is create, musical harmony with the creation to uh to bring beauty to be a flower or to make a flower um that could then give birth to an idea for someone some other bee you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. Uh, but i think that filtering this through the mind filtering it through the institution is where it starts to die and also i think that a lot of I, I think that uh, from the artist having this spiritual conundrum of the material world, right? So you have a lot of artists that can't make a living, you know, they, they're struggling because, uh, you know, they're not in this gallery or they're not being, they don't have this benefactor or they haven't had gotten the seal of approval from an institution. And so they're like not, able to collect money you know let's say um i think this is like this is a something to observe about about society when artists cannot make money uh, or cannot live cannot sustain themselves or cannot know providence there's there's something there 
that's like a, a barometer of imbalance um, where the artist has is fragmented between the material world and the spiritual world but to be an artist is to be in alignment and to be in alignment is that connection with those invisible realms mm -hmm. so yes you have to go through it you know and and if you think that it's going to be and you know you don't have to learn anything or or stand up for your principles or have deeper well you then maybe you're not in alignment and maybe you know you make things but um maybe it's not uh, connected in such an artful way with that art you know mm -hmm. um not to say that people aren't connected regardless you know we're, i think we're all connected you know, but then there's a thing where the conscious comes into the connection and there's like a, a conscious living of that connectivity uh you have thing people who make beautiful art and that are connecting with people and people are resonating with it but there's something in the conscience that is uh that can be corrupted in a way and I think a lot of institutions, as we know, like the CIA has, you know, uh, interfered very much with art, the arts in this country, for instance, um, Hollywood, you know, uh, all of these, uh, you know, powerful entities putting imagery in front of people and calling it art, but it is art, but it's being used in the wrong you know, it's being, well, again, in the wrong, I can't say that, uh, because in the oh, end, it's just darker. how you perceive it. <laughs> darker. darker. Yeah, it, like, let's say it takes a little bit more figuring out, you know, it, it's, it's, but it, it is showing us what is. And, and I see a lot of, uh, it's it, very interesting right now, because so much of, so many of these institutions that have been using art to uh, forward agendas that are kind of pushing out of alignment as opposed to bringing towards alignment um, or making alignments alignment something more roundabout let's say um, are being exposed now as, as being sort of uh, pushing for lies and pushing for censorship pushing for control and of a narrative um, but it's the, the artist that stays connected to directly to source that is willing to take the sacrifice to know the road of providence that is actually going to speak truth through what they're making. I think in the long run, those are the things that stand, you know, and all the lies end up coming to light and things fall away. So it's like that search for the quick fix uh, never really amounts to... <laughs> The legacy it hopes for yeah you know and um so. yeah i feel like art for sure is or can be depending on the individual like for me art is everything it's just expression it's just uh, authenticity it's co connection like you said um and for me art is i mean again it's everything but for me it's 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 basically for me it's more stuff that comes from the heart you know and not to say that art outside of the heart doesn't exist because it does that's again the darker aspect of it that's a uh, manipulation perhaps you know used um so uh, so speaking of the darker version of art 
<laughs> let's uh, talk about current times and okay. the changing times and changing perspectives. Right. What do you have to say? Well, uh, I mean, we've all been going through this. And of course, we've all been going through this in our own very different ways. Um, I mean, for me, it's been a very positive time. It's been a time where, you know, I, I, where my intuition was confirmed with, with a current, you know, where I was like, uh, I, where also I understood what my values were and where I stood, because you need a context to figure those things out, you know, and everything is a blessing because everything is a context, you know, if, if you're willing to, uh, or whatever, or if it's in your path to, to read things that way. Um, for me, I just, I, I just, I guess I don't, I can't be happy in a world where I'm doing well and everyone's doing badly. Like that's not a, that's not an answer for me. That's not a happy world, right? So uh, for, I guess at the end of the day, you know, everyone has their own way of seeing that, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, you just, oh, I, I don't even, you know, we're so, we're so scared of even using certain words now. It's just like wild. Mm -hmm. um, I think we all know what's what. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Around. So, you know, it's like, um, I guess uh, when your freedom infringes on somebody else's freedom, it's, it becomes something else, you know, uh, when, Hmm. What to say? What to say? Well, I feel free. I guess, say, say whatever. What's that? Feel free. Say whatever. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Well, at the beginning of all this, um, it was like you know, as we talked about a little bit, a feeling of relief for me personally that the rat race was being paused because um, things were escalating in a way that. I was becoming very, very busy, but just like, yeah, like the hamster wheel had been sped up, but not like that was going to solve my problems. You know what I mean? It was just kind of going to make me busier. Um, and, uh, and so I felt very relieved. And I also felt, you know, a voice in my head said, the time has finally arrived. Like as if my whole life has been preparing me for this moment. I feel the this same time. way for myself. Yep. What's that? I feel exactly the same way for myself. The yeah. hamster wheel stopped and I've been training all these years and whatever other lifetimes, you know, like the, it's all, it all came down to this point now forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Same. And so, and so, you know, you're, you don't, you don't realize the difference between you and others until there's something like foundational like this that occurs and then you start to look around and you see how everybody is reacting and everyone is what their priorities are you know for me my first priority was understanding what was happening you know uh and looking beneath the surface at what was happening and uh, you know i was just like glued to my phone like researching 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 and getting as many sources as i could and you know also feeling out what felt right and what didn't you know um 
and my cards also i did a reading it was very interesting actually it, it showed the lockdowns it was it was life is not personal and um and it showed the lock with the timer on it uh and life is not personal I had people like social distancing with the sun that looked like a coronavirus <laughs> i was like wow okay um but it, it, it but that's really what it was it was like um this is going to have a time period and it's it's i think also i think the social distancing i felt extremely relieved i was in the train i was like yes yeah, stay six feet away from me can we keep this up forever <laughs> well, well i saw the negative parts to it for me personally i felt the same way because you know <laughs> too comfortable like hey just like yeah no, no, definitely what? yes we needed space we needed the six feet you know i think they set in some good habits because yes people were like a little bit like infringing on each other's boundaries you uh -huh. know you see it like in clubs you see it in the train you see it. it's like yo back up you know and so that was that was kind of cool um and the time everybody needed that break everyone needed that extended snow day like everyone needed that uh, you know i mean i and i know it's been very hard for certain people I know a lot of people went into full fear. They went into full, you know, uh, paranoia media, and uh, and a lot of people lost their lives, you know, from the isolation. And and that is that is very that is tragic, you know. At the same time, I really do believe after after it being like a fundamental issue for me to understand what my core beliefs were when it came to free will and predestination i do believe in destiny i think free will is is an illusion though an incredibly fanciful one that is like like fabulously contrived but at the end of the day i don't see any like i don't understand it you know how i don't I understand free will i feel the same way I, how i view free will it's like okay uh, here's a notebook or here are two notebooks. You could choose the red one or the blue one. So like the little choices, sure, you have free will, but the grand scheme, this, the actual story of your life, the, the big things, they're going to be predestined. So yeah, and see, and see, <laughs> and that's what, you know, I had, I have a, an amazing tarot reader in Brazil. I haven't spoke to her in a few years, but she really helped me through a lot of the insecurity of the earlier years of my process. Um, well, from Brazil on, you know, because things got really crazy. A lot of crazy things happened. Um, um, but she would, she, she also, you know, she would say there are some things that are like, but even that, even the in-betweens, I can't see how we would have space to move on like a mathematical level like I don't I don't know how that's done you know so anyway I I had to make a choice because it was like the crux of a lot of my core beliefs you know and at the end of the day I had to be like well I have to figure this out for myself you know so um but anyway so yes I do believe that people have their time I I think that death is definitely predestined I think that you know so uh, I and I do believe that it's not the end. So hopefully this was a, a positive release for people who who had had enough, you know. Right. And uh, I can understand that too. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's actually, you know, I would never be a proponent of, you know, ending one's life. But but I think that if someone is at the point where they have that kind of uh, courage, <laughs> I mean, 
I wouldn't be able to do it, I don't think, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to hurt my family, or, you know, but anyhow, that's a whole other discussion, you know, but a reality in these times, especially, it really hit people very, very hard, and I think that if you don't have the perspective of, of like, you know, making, you know, uh, a positive out of a challenge, it's going to be a lot more difficult, you know, so if ever there was a, a good time to be a, a look on the bright side type of person this was it you know um so in the end though i just i was very very shocked that um things that were available and there was information was available uh online by very reputable people was being ignored or just not even searched for uh, that people were just really eating up the narratives of the sources that they were used to consuming without looking beneath the surface. Uh, I, I was surprised to say the least. And then when the mandates came, I was absolutely shocked. I was absolutely shocked that the same people that, um, you know, that were, were all about uh, freedom of expression and my body, my choice and this and that, and uh, were all of a sudden the first ones to be like, you know, show me your papers or you can't come in. Uh, you're against the greater good. Uh, and I was just like, okay, this is not the kind of math I know. <laughs> I was, I just became completely turned off. I just got turned off. There's no other word for it. Like, I I was just like, well, um, I just don't even want to be there. Don't worry. Like, I'm not going to insist. I'm not going to try and get fake papers. I just don't want to be there. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not me at all. And then it kind of made me understand that all along, people had been in these mentalities, but I never had the context to see it. And now I had the context to see it and I was seeing something that I never expected. Um, but that was a blessing too, because I needed to know what was around me. Absolutely. You know? um, it's like people are, they will accept your help, but will they help you back? Will they listen? Will they understand? Or will they just go with the narrative because, you know, uh, I just want to get back to it, but it is gone. Get back to what? That world is no longer there. And why would you want it back? You know? So for me, this was really just like, it's been the birthing of a new era. It's the birth of a new world. For me, that's been um, understanding very clearly the, the impact of institution uh, and how, how controlling it has become. And even if some things can start from a good intention, can... Uh, can coerce people into bad behavior, you know? People didn't understand that they were coerced, you know, into, into receiving this inoculation, if you want to call it that, this, this well, you know. Uh, they were coerced. I don't know a single person who, who was like, I want, well, you know, maybe, maybe certain people like my dad, who's older, you know, he just had a heart attack. Uh, you know, recently, and you know, he. I understand. Yes, like you, you know, certain people. Yes, but other people that really there was no medical requirement for them to 
be treated at all and that they were even showing there was danger in receiving the treatments, they said, well, I did it because I wanted to go back to the bar. I didn't want to lose my job. Oh, I just wanted to be part of society. I wouldn't have done it. I'm, I'm upset with myself for having done it. I, I'm like, you were coerced. Do you know what that means? It's illegal. You were coerced. You know, but people, they, they don't even... So beyond yourself, this is the whole. So who is, who is, who through all these ages has been fighting for freedom? How did we acquire it? And how do we keep it? And it's really a case of, it's within you, you know, you stand up or you don't. And luckily there are enough people standing up, ironically in my hometown, you know, right now who are, who are standing up and saying, no, like, we don't want this. This is crazy. Uh, I don't care how, how pretty your arts and culture section is. The politics that you're trying to make me buy are not art. You know, this is not harmony, this is not beauty, this is not alignment. This is vulgarity. This is trying to like separate and segregate populations. You know, this is, this is obvious to me, you know, and to certain other people. And in a way it allowed for me to find my like-minded folks, you know? And usually they'll be like on some low key conversation because they don't want to talk about it in public. I'm like, do you realize you're afraid to speak? You know, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not hiding this. I don't want to hide who I am. I don't want to hide, you know, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, let's start conversations. Let's open each other's minds. Let's not hide from one another. I'd rather an argument than nothing, you know, so, so, Being away. But, but very hopeful times, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of beauty has come out of it. Yeah. And from being extremely true to myself, I feel that I have been rewarded, you know, with providence, with like circumstances going in my favor and for me being more true to myself and more focused on my own art and getting things finished, not being in bars and in nightlife, you know, actually getting to work and finishing my videos and wrapping up my songs. And, you know, yeah. I needed that. Life had to force me back into my, my studio, you know, so yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> So tell me about your your creative projects and uh, your brand and you know whatever else you would like to share that you've created that you would like people to check okay, out. Okay, yeah. So um, at the at the chapter where I was uh, in Canada and started my own vintage clothing store, it just kind of happened. Really, uh, a very close friend of mine. He's like, I have this commercial space that's really cheap that they just gave to me. He's the kind of guy who will like take things on like that. He's like very crazy. He used to have a bus that was a vintage clothing store. And now he has like taco restaurants, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He's a, you know, it's a courier company, but anyway, very free spirit and in, in, in business and et cetera. And I was like, well, I'll do a pop-up shop for the weekend, you know, and I've always, always been, you know, in thrift stores my whole life. Like, you know, I go through my eyes closed and just touch fabrics and pull clothes, <laughs> like, you know. So I had no money left. I was like, I have to do something. And I was just at my parents' place, like trying to figure out what was up. And 
and so I went to um, you know a big thrift store out in Ottawa, and I I bought I put five hundred dollars on my credit card of, of things that I thought were cute, and set up a, a, a weekend pop up, and uh, I was I was like naming the items that I was displaying, and I had this red beret, and I called it Raspberry Beret, and then I was like, oh, that's going to be the name of my pop up shop, Raspberry Beret, because he says, you know, the kind you find in a secondhand store, uh, prints, etc. So that ended up lasting for almost two years. Um, and by the end, I was like, well, I guess I have to pay rent now because like, I, you know, I invested this money and I've, I'm selling stuff, but so it just ended up, I just ended up starting the store that way. And so that also gave me a moment and I was not expected also, I could have seen that as a crisis, but again, it turned into an opportunity. Um, and I had some time to be a little bit more sedentary, not like going around in my journeys. And I started um, making t-shirts. And in that period, right before that, I, was, I started painting again and I had been going through that feeling of being excluded for being in my spiritual journey. You know, I was alone. You know, I was the only person like me around me. And it's not like you don't meet people and you have friends, but fundamentally I was in a journey by myself, you know, and that had been going on for many years. But at that point I felt, this was like around that Burning Man time that I was saying that you know, sometimes the, the lack of, of like a financial stability is very disturbing for people. You know, it's probably one of the most frightening parts and it's understandable, you know, but it's, it's that's where I really felt that divide and I had made a painting uh, using my left hand so I wasn't going to get the the same old you know right hand wrote results I was getting and and I wrote exclusion inclusion like five times and in different letters in different directions and, and when I wanted to put the brand together I used those words e-x-c-i-n-c -E so it was x ink is exclusion inclusion and that. I put them together and that ended up being the brand that I used for my t-shirts and for my art. And because I do so many things of music and video and painting, blah, blah, I, I didn't wanna just be like, put my name everywhere. So I would just put my, that mark on everything that I do. And so, and I still do that. And that's, that's you know, what I do. Now I, I also have gotten into the world of decor through, again, you know, unexpectedly, uh, providentially. Um, and so that's on my decor stuff also. So this is, this is this is it here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. State of my nails. Um, but yeah, so these are my oracle cards. So uh, one of the things that I created. Um, I, I guess I'm, not, I'm wrong. I feel like you created uh, this deck before the lockdown happened, right? Yeah, I did. Actually, I. This is the second makeup. <laughs> yes oh no you know this comes from a song and i have a video for it i made this in 2015 wow so it's way before all this stuff you know i was like i know i know and then was it, you know everyone started before or after we met because i feel like we met into uh before this okay. was during the years of, uh, at the store so 2015 you and i probably met in 2017 or 18 no probably 2017 no. I, oh no, I, I came back to no, no, sorry. This is from this is from 2013, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I came back to New York in 2015. There we go. That's when we met. Yeah. 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 So we probably met in like 15, 16. 
yeah wow so yeah so this is even older than that you know so I was like I know now it's everyone's just gonna think that I'm like another of these million people saying wake up but seriously wake up though <laughs> Of course, everyone's saying it. You know, funny. I'm going through my poetry. I'm uh, I'm going to be releasing uh, a poetry book, which, which it's funny. I was going through it, and I'm like, holy, holy shit, there's ascension poetry. You know, it's just like stuff like frustrations or or stuff to inspire people. Uh, and and then looking over it, you know, and I'm like talking about wake up and this and that. I'm like, again, this whole like being prepared for this period. It's so to me, you know, mind blowing. How yes. this is how wow absolutely absolutely and all the things that i was all the rabbit holes that i fell in into like in like you know in the year like in 98 97 you know were all things that are again have come back up now that i'm just like oh my god like wow you know um so yeah the oracle the first one i made um uh, i i thought i was gonna make a deck of my own cards like of just tarot cards um I I didn't know I just knew that I, I actually at the time I was so broke um that I could I wanted to buy new cards because I'd give them all away at Burning Man as my like you know gift thing I would just get everyone to pick a card and I would give them like a little and so I went to the the shop the there's a crystal and card shop at close to Union Square so I went back there and I was like I'll get another deck but I didn't have enough money. I only had enough for this one deck that had that was blank. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, that's it. And I bought it. Wow. And again, thinking that I was gonna make my own like regular tarot. But then I started to get these phrases came coming into my mind. And I was like, they were kept coming, kept coming, and I started to write them down. Then I was like, oh, this is what I have to put on the cards. And that was also after discovering the Doreen Virtue Angel Answers. Uh, I had been in Venice and bought a set of those and I was like oh I like this oracle thing it's like more of a sentence that comes out um, though that deck is kind of like uh, it's, it's more like yes no in two weeks and three weeks it's just kind of more of stuff like that but I like that idea you know and so uh, I made my first deck and it, it happened again like I, I had this gold pen and once I ran out of ink, I started to have to use other colors because I couldn't afford to buy another gold pen. And it ended up color coding the deck and like things I could never have planned and I could never have done if I if it hadn't been for the restrictions. You know, the restrictions ended up being key in so many instances in my life, you know? I guess if, if my intuition- created through you. It just like created through you, just like all these things I yes. want to share, you know? totally it was just like opening a faucet and like oh stuff coming out and then even when I ran out of cards like I they still were trickling through and I was like I have no more cards <laughs> so I made a second deck this which is this one that I ended up printing also the second one I made it to be a little bit more or I, I knew when I was because again it came out in one single night uh, after a dear friend died uh, I was like okay it's time and I just like automatic writing in one sitting the whole deck but I knew it had to be a little bit more cutting. Like I like people needed a harder slap in the face in a way that they would understand rather than it being so kind of philosophical like the first deck is. Um, so <laughs> there's our reading. Um, but 
yeah, so with this one right away, I, you know, I, I scanned it and I made a, an Instagram filter with it. So you can give yourself a one card reading because I didn't know how to make apps. So I was like, when I found out you could make filters, I did that. And then I printed it up and, and have been reading with this one. That's what also what I made the wake up Oracle channel on Instagram with. Um, but any, and my tarot reader told me, she's like, one day you won't need the cards. And she was kind of laughing. And, I, and it's true that now I, I, I've, I've been more just speaking. But the cards have been, were most useful in the times where my intuition and my reality were set very separate. And it was very, uh, and I needed that extra guidance that was coming from, you know, my higher self, I guess, you know, something very intimate to me, not just searching, even though you can, you know, you just have to think something and it comes up on your phone now, but uh, literally, but, um, sure. <laughs> but that's, that's what my cards were really great for. They were uh, uh, guides through uncertain times, you know, so um I, and like we were speaking, also, I don't use them as much as I did, just really when I hit things where I think maybe I'm like, I'm at odds with myself, and I want to reconnect with my higher vision, or, you know, things that I really am like, okay, well, what do I need to know in this situation, or whatever, but, uh, but I don't use them as much as I used to, for sure, and other than that, I'm working uh, at finishing a bunch of my music and productions that I've been working on over the years and making music videos as again in a very you know the footage comes to me and like you know things weave themselves together uh, unplanned seems to be the only way and uh, planning an art show for May and hoping that I can release all this stuff then I would like to come Oh, well, yes, I hope so. <laughs> You'll definitely be invited. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and decor. Decor has been, uh, so I decorate for like parties, you know, uh, DJ booths. They're really like ceremonies, you know. Uh, um, I've also done full venues, uh, uh, lounge, restaurants, installations. Um, but doing the the parties, like so parties, I mean, like you know, you have DJs and a room and a setup and a you know, you set up, tear down. These I really, really feel are like staging ceremonies, like making altars where the DJs can come and the people reunite and creating a good energy uh, for all that to happen. And that's been a blessing in my life, definitely. Allows me to be very physical in my creativity. It's very finite, whereas with my music, I can just be like so nitpicky that like it'll take me like ten years to release something, you know. But with this, it's like it's on and it's off. Like there's no, you can't, uh, you can't do any of that, you know. So that's good. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. So one more question before we go. Um, so what, in your opinion? is new earth and how do we go about having it having it materialize or you know whatever your version yeah. of that yeah i think um i think that the new earth uh is has always been here i think it's new to us uh but it's not new right that's that's what i believe you know i think that it's more like 
stepping out, just like stepping over into like an alternate timeline or something like that. Um, I think that our perceptions and our reality, you know, everyone's is so different. And if, if there was ever an opportunity to see that, it was, it has been these times that we're in now, like we're not living on the same planet. <laughs> we're just not, we're all you know. In different place, in different dimension, technically, different perception, different worlds. And, and like every conceivable way, you know. So it's just like, uh, in that sense, you know, the live and let live, uh, there's no reason not to, because there's, there's, the, the creationist for everyone in, in its own way yeah. uh, of course there are some things that can't be sustained you know like uh, you know the disconnection from the earth I mean if we are if uh, you know till people decide they want to be cyberlinked and whatnot um, and and maybe what we are living now is already a version of that we just don't know it you know because we don't have, we have no idea what we are who we are but I think that the connection with the planet it's definitely something that I, I would not want to lose, you know, like, you know, this is like, you know, a lot of my decor is the natural things. Like there is nothing as harmonious. It is, it is art, you know, uh, our nature is the gold standard for art and harmony and beauty. You know, it's, 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 it's where everything stems from. It's, I think that, you know, how wonderful to just spend a lifetime beholding its miracles as opposed to trampling on it and destroying it, you know. Yeah. But if that's what it takes to appreciate it and stand with it, because we always have to lose to realize what we have, it's kind of part of our nature also, it seems, um, then so be it. But, uh, but I'm hoping that, in my view, for something to work on this planet, it has to be in line with this planet this planet's job is not to harmonize with us it's the other way around so every uh i mean i think things should begin with the principle the starting point being how does this gel with the earth you know before anything is is taken there's any action taken on anything you know because the the crux of it is now you know that because of trying to dominate other humans and the monopolies and you have all this madness with the oil industry you know that is just like i mean it's a problem just waiting to be another problem you know, there's no solution there at all and there's so much bad faith but i mean what can this be other than unbelievably traumatized people you know who need nothing more than to be healed by the earth so it's just like how that's going to happen, I think is going to be the beauty of the ride. And I look forward to, to seeing it. You know, uh, I don't want to come up with a plan to make it. I just want to be present in my perspe perspective to behold it as it does happen. You know, uh, the earth wins. Yeah. Hands down every time. Uh, love wins. Hands down every time. It's just... Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Light always wins. And I feel like part of this part of this uh, series, um, the Ascension stories, I feel like that's um, me collecting individuals, those individuals that are going to help return be people back to themselves. Right. You know, whether through art or some kind of, you know, other healing modalities, you know, just like wonderful people like yourself who just, we are the way. Hmm. And, it, and really it's it's not, I think it, uh, there's a, there's a, 
a non-interference that is um, that is helpful. You know, it's just like you know we don't we don't need for people to like you know convince one another. You know, even though that's the reaction, and, and I've had it. You know, and I've been like, you know, I want you to see what I see. You know, don't you see? Yeah. Like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, it's just being who you are. It's being what you are, and uh, letting that uh, emanate yeah. and show itself and be a solution of itself. It's like where there's no problem, that's already a solution. <laughs> so try, you know not to be a problem and and also to know how to um uh not bring problems onto yourself right it's just awareness awareness and consciousness so when it comes to like uh this this but uh, maybe more like uh, tangible terms i think that the new earth is going to look like less in, less institution less interference uh and and individuals taking more responsibility um yeah for themselves you oh, know and in a way that makes then makes them feel good and and returns and and that is empowerment you know uh, no one it's like it's like you realizing you've been walking with crutches your whole life and not even knowing it and then the crutches get thrown away and you're like i can walk it's like wait a minute i thought i was walking the whole time but you weren't you know it's just it's just getting that like oh okay oh this feels so good like how it feels when you finally are financially independent and you can pay your own way not that you're not going to be like, oh, no, I'm working. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I feel so amazing because I'm autonomous. Like, you know, it's just this whole notion that what feels good is being lazy. It's just like that's going to go out the window as people feel more inspired and help become healthier. Like we have to, you know, this this modified food and all this garbage like, OK, we've gone far enough in this fragmentation to see that it doesn't work. You know, it's time to integrate. Come on, yeah. guys. And you know, and understanding that all this has been necessary. It's been a voyage, you know, it's a necessary voyage, but like people aren't buying it anymore. And I think even the people who are per, per, uh, perpetuating it, they're not even convinced anymore because it's too much trouble, you know? And it's gone it's just, crazy. It's just a hassle. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it, <laughs> it went a little too far. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right. Hmm. Well, time to yeah. melt some stuff. <laughs> this isn't going over the way it used to how come people are catching on oh i kind of that's kind of a bad look uh yeah but like you see it right it's like it's like all of a sudden it's like whoa all this stuff is so tasteless like how did we ever fall for this you know like just like for example, no. uh drinking a shitload every day right we used to think that was normal yeah right right like, why? why not? Why do they, yeah, oh, it's like, what a hangover? Like, oh my gosh, what a waste of a day. You know, like, think of all the things I That's didn't normal. do. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I, would, think, I like, would drink and then I would hang over the next day and then repeat. Hair of the dog. <laughs> well, I tried not to, like, because that's like going a little further than I wanted to go. So I tried not to. So, like, okay. I just suffered. <laughs> Because, like, I just didn't want to go too far. Right. I mean, we have to have our experiences, you know, and go and, and like that. That's also why I like psychedelics, because you get uh, you get to have these experiences that of alternate perspectives 
just to know an alternate perspective takes the solidity out of your daily one you know it just opens it up to possibility yeah it's like anything could happen it's like oh wow that 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 tree just turned into a whole bunch of eyes and all of a sudden that's possible and why not you know just like you know, break the limitations in your mind and, and allow for the, the creation to, to keep expanding in ways we could never have imagined, you know. I think we're just going to see more and more of that. I think it's it's the beginning of, of good times, you know. So um, my perception of, of uh, the, the, the topic of New Earth, so I feel like what, what the perception, like that it's a perception, as we've mentioned, and that it's basically an expanded awareness to where you're including your heart because we're usually just up here. But once you use this, you know, your awareness expands and you're just, we're all on the same plane, technically, right? The same planet, but we're experiencing life differently. So like somebody that's living from here with the expanded awareness that they have, this is a different energy system, uh, energy center you're experiencing life through here. So I, what I say is that um, the portal to new earth is in the heart. Mm. That's it. That's right. it. We could be in the same room and have a different reality completely. Because I could be enjoying the pretty colors over there and the other person that's just here, they're like, so? And I was like, well, I'm having a really good time. And, right. <laughs> and you're miserable. So who's better off? I'm just saying. <laughs> right, right, right. But again, like everybody in their own timeline, you know, in, in, their own, yeah. in their own like predestined journey, you know, I guess like, I guess it's funny because like, um, you know, the, the actual, you know, it, it's, there's no shortcuts, you know, and, and a shortcut is actually code for a long cut. <laughs> like it's like actually a detour, yeah. you know? So it's like, uh, I think I have, afterwards, yeah. Yeah, you have to like, you know, go backwards, but you had to make that, you had to learn that. So in the end, really, it's just like, it is what it is, you know, but I think that like the more we can extrapolate from the small things, from the microcosm in our life, from the like little, you know, even, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, the way you, you prepare your food or the way you, anyway, there's always something to learn. You're like, oh, it's easier if I do it this way. It makes more sense if I do this way. Oh, if I just like follow the whatever. Right. And we apply those same principles, all those same small realizations, we can apply them in like more macro ways. Uh, it's all built on the same system. That's what's the beauty of this world. It's like, I can learn something in this department and translate it to that department because it's all the same law. You know, when you start like creating like new laws and like confusing people with lies and et cetera, of course, it's very hard for people to find their way out of the maze, you know? So I would just count on things you know personally, you know, that, that you can, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be complicated actually quite the opposite it's usually the simple things that give you the biggest clues you know it's just making a small thing and, and turning it into its equivalent in another area you know um, and decoding and and giving privilege to that and intuition that is your best friend and your guide just developing that and like you said the heart you know it's like you know that's that's there are even studies that showing but did you see that one? It was like they were showing slides 
uh, to people and they had like receptors. Um, it, it was showing that even before they saw it, they they had already seen it right. like with their heart or something. I, Quantum field. There was, right, like, right. you know, like we only experience um, time and physical reality but the quantum field it's basically all one dot right it's all right. one thing so why would you not have precognition right even in a subconscious level so yeah of course your heart will react because you know what was the past was the future you're just not aware of it right yeah, uh, yeah. conscious mind yeah. yeah so if i was to ask you for a piece of advice for the world what would come to mind what would uh a piece of advice oh my goodness yeah or um, in your mind or in your heart you no know, really like one one thing that i actually have been you know i have become conscious of recently is if you don't know something admit that you don't know something right because I realize that sometimes out of habit, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, because I'd heard or was familiar, but it's not really knowing. I'm like, no, you can't you stop doing that because you need to know. Right. And if you if you think you already know or you pretend, you know, you're never going to know. <laughs> so like removing the ego out of that stuff, that's been like a personal, you know, one of my recent personal, like uh, becoming conscious that I had this habit sometimes. And um but I think really being true to oneself, you know, just like, you know, take the time to look away from others and what they're saying and what they're thinking and, and of being influenced and just going like, well, but what do I think? What do I feel? Like, you know, uh, even as an exercise, you could go through like the different versions of you that have existed over your lifetime. What would that part of me, what, what would I have thought then? What would I have thought then? What would I have thought then? Just exploring really, really to know where you stand and not, you know, trying to cultivate the strength to have an independent view outside of others. Yeah. Because until you do that, you're never gonna be on your own journey. You know, and that's where it all starts is when you put your foot onto that path that is only yours, you know. You know, it might be a couple of, of you know, of footprints, but it's not like the highly treaded highway, you know. And then to, to go in onto your unique journey, like we all have to embrace what is unique in us. And once we do that, it will be that much easier for us to embrace what's unique in everybody else, you know, and really have a diverse appreciation for life. Yeah. and acceptance you know so it, it's and also like to give yourself a break like yeah i i get impatient and i get angry and i and i like you know am the beast that i am and i have to deal with that you know and sometimes i have to go away into my cave and and vent so i can come back as like a well-balanced libra into the world you know but i'm gonna hang in my scorpio zone for a minute before i can turn that page you know, turn that leaf so just like you know getting comfortable with our own duality you know not beating ourselves up for being in that duality uh, not judging yourself based on on things and, and doing what feels right to you you know just be yourself yeah i feel like you know um 
I try to give the message of like, it's okay. No, like no matter what it was that, that, you know, uh, like you did, like you, you messed up somehow. It's okay. Don't, don't, don't have, let's say shame or guilt. I don't think that's the, the way to go. It's, it's what can I learn from this? What can I do better the next time? Why go down, you know, into a hole that's going to make you repeat the same thing over and over again. Why not just like, what can I learn from this? How can yeah. I not do that again? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining and uh, giving us your beautiful story of such grand adventure. Uh, yes, I hope I didn't <laughs> ramble too much. No, it's great. Lot. I love it. <laughs> I thought my story was um, vast. Now you like, <laughs> yeah. No, you you. You really enjoyed life, I'm going to say. All the well, you know, I'm going to tell you that it was not all enjoyable. And like I said, like, it's incredibly colorful. It makes for great stories. And, and like, I can pick, like, the best memories. But it was very hard. It yeah. was it was tough, you know. I suffered uh, emotionally a lot. My relationships were very difficult. Um, and I, I, I'm glad that I am where I am now. I would say also to people who are like going through the process that it does get better. Yes. It really does, you know, and like, don't give up, you know, uh, it's, it's hard and it's supposed to be hard and it's, it's as hard as it is deep. So if you're on a really, really deep journey, it's going to be hard, yeah. you know, uh, but guess what? You're doing the work and you should be incredibly proud of yourself. You know? So, um, yeah is gained you know yeah 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 and that's how we become sages basically yeah well you know um, it's not fun sage moments but uh you know just kind of in retrospect like like for myself personally as much of a horror show of where i came from i would not have it any other way because how would I be the person I am today? Right, exactly, right. I'm totally yeah. a-okay with all of it. What made yeah. me who I am today? The, my sense. ability to hold space the way I can is thanks to my past. Love yeah, it. and I think that like as, as more people, you know, go through these experiences and start to understand the value of the darkness, you know, yeah. all of the, the information, the wisdom that is occulted in, in what we consider to be untouchable, depression, you know, uh, you know, dark thoughts, uh, anything like that. These are areas that we must know to be wise. You can't, uh, you can't just be like, oh, I'm just in the light. No, that's not how it works. You know, we're, we're in, we're in, what's that? It's called bypassing. Right, right. Reality, I mean, bypassing we, reality. Real, reality is yin and yang. There is no just yang or just absolutely. Absolutely. They support one another. They feed into one another. They are one another. You yeah, know, well, and, why physical reality exists. If it wasn't for the tension of the opposites, we couldn't have this. There's just absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when that becomes more understood, and, and it has been over time, you know, but even in the way that in medical treatments and in, in like psychological, you know, in ways of saying the return of, of shamanism, but not in like a hokey kind of pretend way, but, but in the sense of everyone connecting to that in themselves, you know, their own inner guide that, that leads them. And, and it's like, 
yeah, you know, maybe you're supposed to do this drug and maybe you're supposed to like, you know, fall down this rabbit hole and maybe you're, yeah, no, no one's there to judge that. No one should be there to impede your process of going into your own darkness, you know, Um, though we can support one another through that you know so that it, it, it still is fruitful and not just the end of your journey you know what I mean and it does take a strong mind I'm not going to say it's for everybody but uh, if you can go and come back every time you're going to be stronger you know so so value the darkness and and value the light and you know become a good surfer you know yeah know the right tension and and catch the waves (laughs) all right my love uh yeah thank uh once again thank you so much for coming on i'm gonna put your info in the show notes uh and uh yeah i'll see you hopefully in a few months when you're doing your art show yes you absolutely will and hopefully a little bit sooner if we can meet up thank you so much for having me and uh and uh, let's keep chatting thank you thank you bye (laughs) see you guys next time